pleasure to bring unto you God's word in simplicity and truth. I do pray that the Almighty God will help us through this study and minister to us personally in the name of Jesus. Shall we have a word of prayer? Almighty Father, we thank you. Thank you for your goodness towards our lives. Thank you for making this day happen. Thank you for your word you've given unto us as a compass to guide us even while you're on earth. Thank you for the Holy Spirit you've you released unto us to guide us into all truth. We do ask and pray that as we study your word, look into the perfect law of liberty, the most sure word of prophecy. We pray that the entrance of your word will give us light and bring understanding to our hearts in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. So today we are considering the book of Acts of the Apostles. We started the book of Acts last month and it's so loaded with a lot of lessons, a lot of lessons to cover in one month. And so we had to continue this month. And um, I pray that all the lessons we've learned will help us to be another chapter, another book of the Acts of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. I prefer to call it the Acts of the Holy Ghost because it's the Holy Ghost walking through men. The Holy Ghost was fully introduced in the book of Acts and it was introduced in the upper room where, where he filled everyone there with the Holy Spirit with himself and they, it was like cloven tongues of fire they began to speak in other tongues and from there the whole ministry of the Holy Spirit began walking through men to achieve the agenda of the Almighty God right here on earth and so that's why I prefer to call it the act of the Holy Ghost but it's also the act of the apostles and today we'll be looking at three chapters of the book of Acts of the Apostles chapter 16 17 and 18 so just get your Bibles follow as we read along for press of time we won't read all the chapters all the chapters verse by verse but I'll be making references to some of the verses and pointing out some lessons we can pick from there or some lessons I've been able to glean from there. I know reading the Word of God is always fresh. There are always lessons. But the few lessons that we've been able to pick from this study, I'll open up to us during the course of the study. So the theme of today's study, I call it the hands of God. The hands of God. Many of us are familiar with the phrase the hand of God the hand of the Almighty God doing wonders rotting wonders very powerful or as Natanabasi um, will put it but I am calling this the hands of God for a reason when God wants to walk right here on earth he makes use of men it makes use of the body of bodies of men to carry out 
his agenda right here on earth. And that's why when he was going to make Job twice richer than he was before, he used men. He didn't give him money from above, but through men bringing gifts to him one after another, he became twice as rich as he was before. And through men, he made Solomon the richest king at the time, one of the richest kings at the time. Despite the fact that he asked for wisdom, he said he would make him rich. And then people began to bring gifts, bearing gifts because of his wisdom. And that way he became one of the richest kings in time. So God makes use of men. He makes use of a man. He makes use of men. And so when, he, when God walks, the hand of God walks through the hands of men, we can call that the hands of God. And so we'll be looking at about 11 points as we consider these three chapters today. 11 points of consideration, 11 lessons we can pick from today's, today's study. So follow along as we, as we learn from the scriptures. Chapter 16 of Acts of the Apostles. Let's read from verse 1. It says, Then came he to Debbie and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess, and believed, but his father was a Greek. They needed to mention all these key points. The mother was a Jewess, but the father was a Greek and uh, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him, take note of that, because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. All right, now this is the popular Timothy whom Paul, who Paul loved, all right, while he was on earth because of his value, his love for God, and the effect, the, the, the value he has on the ministry, okay? And so Paul was always, you know, fond of, he was always fond of Timothy. And that's why he wrote the book of First Timothy and Second Timothy. But here we see something important, something you know, some uh, uh, will I say something strange? Paul the apostle is the apostle to the Greek, appointed by the Almighty God. Apostles to the apostle to the Gentiles, as appointed by the Almighty God. But being an apostle to the Gentiles, one key thing he must know, he must have understood, was that salvation was not by the law. And that's what God, Jesus Christ, came to show by dying on the cross. That you don't have to go through the process of the law in order to gain salvation. Otherwise, the Gentiles would be at a disadvantage. The Gentiles do not have laws like the, the laws of God. They were not following the laws of God. They were alienated. All right. But it came to create a kind of, you know, oneness that there is no more disunity. Everybody follows one channel, which is Jesus Christ, and they achieve the same goal. So surprisingly, he is obeying the law by circumcising Timothy, who was not circumcised. And I expect that he would have just told, you know, 
stood on the ground that circumcision does not mean salvation and so there was no need to circumcise but Paul had to apply wisdom in his ministry and that's something we need to learn sometimes in ministry we don't have we, we, we are free we know the law we are at liberty we, we know the truth of the word of God but sometimes we have to bend a little in our methods in some un, non-essentials in order to achieve a great result what do i mean you don't we are not i'm not saying you should you should bend in your principles i'm not saying you should bend in doctrine i'm not saying you should bend in what the word of god clearly states that this is a, this is the way walking therein but there are some methods of achieving some things circumcision was not necessary if you circumcise yourself you're not committing sin against god but it's not necessary it's not needed by god and if you don't circumcise it's not needed by god but they just had to fulfill what they call fulfill all righteousness because they were going to minister to the jews and these jews knew that timothy was not circumcised because his father was a greek and being a greek he couldn't have circumcised his son so timothy was obviously not circumcised and paul needed to take timothy on this missionary journey so the wisest thing to do for him to gain the the, the heart of the jews for him to to get their their attention was to abide by their laws abide by what they consider to be valuable and that's why i said to the greek i became to the wise i became like as wise to the unwise i became as unwise and all that so that by all means i might save some if not all but save some but if he had not done this he won't even be given you know an audience in their midst and so we should know the, when to bend a little. We should know when to, and mind you, not bending in the principles of God, not bending in doctrine, not committing sin, but bending in our methods in order to win people. When you are called to minister in a place where there is no, where they do not wear, uh, you know, footwears in, in order to worship, would you rather insist on putting on your footwear and not ministering to them or would you remove your footwear so that you can go in and win souls for Christ? These are the little, little non-essentials that we can make do with in order to win souls for Christ. I pray God will give us understanding in the name of Jesus. And secondly, uh, okay, still on that, while we do that, we should also be careful because the world we are living in has become so acclimatized with, with, with the, the church has become so acclimatized with the world and they've become so one, united with each other. Whereas the Bible says, do, do not be unequally yoked together with, you know, unbelievers. Do not love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. What has light got to do with darkness? And in the name of being like the Jews, being like the Gentiles to win the Gentiles, we become like the world. We do um, practically everything the world does. And we, 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 we lie to ourselves that we want to win them. And the question is, how many people have been won? And even those who have been won, what have they been won into? It looks to me like they just 
say to themselves, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and all that. And there is practically no, no physical evidence, no change in their life. Whereas salvation is supposed to be bring about a change in your life. There's supposed to be a difference from when you were not saved and now that you are saved in every aspect, including your appearance. Alright, so we have to be careful to make use of wisdom in order to know where to draw the line and where to, you know, to take our stand when necessary. I pray God will give us wisdom in the name of Jesus. Secondly, we can see that you need to recognize the gifts of God in your brethren. And you also need to collaborate with people of like mind. You can see in verse 1, the Bible, Paul the Apostle saw Timothy, heard of Timothy, the good, good, good works of Timothy. How that is a dedicated uh, person, a dedicated young servant of God. And he took him, brought him close to himself to collaborate with him. Knowing that you can't do this work of God alone. You need hands. That's why the theme is the hands of God. You need, you need hands to be able to reach out to as many as possible. And he took him along. He recognized the gift of God in him. So we need to recognize the gift of God in ourselves. Let's not see ourselves as competitors. Let's not see ourselves, let's not create a kind of competition between ourselves. We want to outshine the other one so that our voices can be heard. No, we don't need that. We all have our audience. There are some people that I... God will is depending on me to preach to that you cannot preach to. And there are some people God is depending on you to preach to that I cannot reach. And if we begin to contend with ourselves, we will lose these people. But if we collaborate with each other, we will gain the more. One, we chase a thousand and two, we put ten thousands to flight. So we should recognize the gift of God in ourselves and collaborate properly with ourselves. We also see in, in, in chapter 18, chapter 18 from verse 2 and 3, you see, the Bible says, Paul the apostle, while he was on his journey, he found uh, another set of people, Aquila and Priscilla, and he went in with them. He began to collaborate with them. When the Bible says we should not associate with the world, but we need people. We need people to collaborate with. We need friends. And when you discover people of like mind, people that are truly, genuinely saved, with testimonies, you know, from even people around, showing that this person is really genuinely saved, we should make friends of God's children. Make friends of them so that we can collaborate and win people to the kingdom of God together. We also see in verse 18, verse 18, the chapter 18, verse 18, and uh, the Bible says, Paul took Priscilla and Aquila on with them on another journey. And then lastly, we can see verse 26 and 27. Verse 26 and 27 it says, they met another person who was somebody that will later on in this in this scripture find out that this person is so valuable was so valuable to the kingdom of god and that is apollos in fact we will later discover 
I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but he was so valuable. Even before they found him, he was so valuable. The only thing was that he had limitation in his knowledge, but he was fervent. He, 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 was, he knew how to command his, the crowd. He knew how to convince people. And they saw this gift in him and they took him in and, you know, taught him more. You know, they, 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 they expounded the gospel to him more. And after he had gotten the, the word of God, gotten it clearly, he didn't wait. He went on and began to proclaim it again. And he really was of great help. The Bible says, verse 18, verse 28, for he mightily convinced the Jews and that publicly showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. Hallelujah. So another thing, point I want us to take note of is, for which we need to follow up and strengthen those who have, we have ministered to. We need to follow up and strengthen those we have ministered to. There's a great necessity because the world we live in is fast stealing those who are saved. It's, it's hard to stand strong because there are a lot of things contending with our faith. And that's why the Bible says we should, we, should, we should strive to enter the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God suffers violence. So, but all these people who are newly saved, who may have ministered to, we need to follow up on them. If we look at um, chapter 16 from verse 5, you'll discover that Paul went on. It says, and so we are the churches established in the faith and increase in number daily. On his journey, he visited people he had ministered to or people who had been ministered to by someone he mentors and he went there to strengthen them. Hallelujah. Another point I want us to take note of of is we should be prompt to obey the spirit of the living god when the spirit gives instruction we should be prompt to obey if you look at chapter 16 from verse 9 you'll discover that it says and a vision appeared to paul in the night there stood the man of macedonia and prayed him saying come over into macedonia and help us and verse 10 says and after he has seen the vision immediately immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia we made attempt to go into Macedonia so we should before this time the, the Holy Spirit restrained them from preaching in some places he restrained them from preaching in in, in Asia he restrained them from from preaching in um I think Mysia and he didn't allow them to preach in those places but while they were and they didn't stop the fact that the Holy Spirit restrained them, they went to the next place and the Holy Spirit restrained them also and they kept on going until the Holy Spirit, based on the special assignment, had to redirect them to Macedonia through a vision and they obeyed promptly. They didn't waste time. They didn't get too attached to their present uh, location. They obeyed immediately. So we should learn to obey promptly if the Holy Spirit sends us on the missionary journey. Not all of us may be preachers. Not all of us may be on the pulpit. But in our various places, the Holy Spirit may be telling you to leave a certain job and pick on another job so that you can be his mouthpiece, his servant, his instrument in that area. You should be prompt to obey. Don't delay in, in changing that job. He may tell you to change your address, change your location, change your, wherever you are, change your church. 
because it wants you in another place you should be prompt to obey so we should be prompt in obeying the holy spirit another point we should pick is recognize god's medium of communication recognize god's medium of communication if you read through um, chapter 16 to uh, chapter 18 you discover that paul the apostle recognized god's medium of communication it was through a vision it's obvious that god ministered to paul the apostle through visions in fact the first encounter he had was through a kind of uh, a vision live vision and then from there god has ministering to him so most most of the time the, the first you know method he used in bringing you winning you into the kingdom is most of the time the method that we use to communicate with you do you recognize the way god speaks to you so that when he speaks you can hear do you recognize is it true vision is it true dreams is it true a still small voice whichever medium but the popular the general universal medium that he uses to speak to every of his children both young in the faith and the oldest in the faith is through the word of god and you discover that as you read along you see paul the apostle was not just waiting sitting around waiting for visions before he took his step he also took step based on his conviction he wasn't waiting for vision in order to minister the word of god he wasn't waiting to 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 minister visions to people he was ministering the word of god as he has heard as he has read as he knows all right so we should understand the way god speaks to us better more especially we should learn to receive from god through his word like he's coming to us today I pray god will help us in the name of jesus another one is discernment the issue of discernment is a major issue right now in this our present world we need the spirit of discernment is one of the gifts of the spirits discernment of spirit but beyond that it is a gift that God gives to every of his children if you will take the pain the price pay the price to develop the spirit in you the Bible says you need not that any man teach you because you have the spirits in you and it teaches you all things you know all things by the spirit of the living God once you give your life to Christ the Spirit of God begins to walk with you begins to walk in you and so when false doctrines come when false teachings come you can see the 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 the, the instance of discernment in chapter 16 verse 16 chapter 16 of act of the apostles verse 16 and that was when it says and it came to pass as we went to pray a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us which brought our masters much gain by suit saying the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. Now, record has it that Peter has been to this same location before. But for god knows how, how he couldn't discern that this lady had the spirit of divination but paul knew and this was quite tricky 
to tell you the essence of that you know spirit of discernment the need for that because this was tricky it's easier to recognize the devil when he comes in this array of 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 black and has on you can easily say no this is the devil i will not follow him but when the devil comes as an angel of light the bible says even the the the, the devil disguises himself operates himself as the angel of light if he comes as the angel of light just like he came in this sense she was saying what all what she said in the scriptures was true this is the these are the men of god who show us the way of salvation but she's the, the heart in which she said it the motif in which she said it was wrong and it takes only the help of the holy spirit to be able to discern the heart of men Otherwise, by the time Paul the Apostle had left the, the, the scene, had left the location, people would want to associate themselves with the lady, believing that she's also a minister of God. Since Paul the Apostle couldn't do anything, couldn't refuse or couldn't deny, some people may have been suspecting that this lady must be possessed. And then when Paul the Apostle came in, they, they would have hope that, okay, I believe this man will discover she was possessed. And if Paul the Apostle had left without you know, administering deliverance, they would have believed for him to see her and acknowledge her and he didn't say anything. That means she's, she's correct. And she would have deceived many. Keep on bringing much gain to our master. So in this present world where prophecies are here and there, genuine and those that are not genuine, when people are where people are preaching erroneous doctrine to deceive many, where people are even preaching the truth, but underlying in that truth is deception. We need the spirit of discernment. And I pray God will help us to be able to discern and not to fall prey of the devil in the name of Jesus. Another point we need to take note of is pray and praise even in the prison. Pray and praise even in the prison. The popular passage of the scripture that we all used to sing and we all know, Acts chapter 16 verse 25, about Paul and Silas after they were after he administered deliverance to the damsel and they discovered that he had spoiled their business so they had to they found a way to get them they beat them and casted them into the prison all right but despite the fact that they were treated unjustly for the sake of the kingdom despite the fact that god watched them being beaten God did not come and, and put his hand and the cane was not affecting them. God did not come and, 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 and slaughter all the people beaten. He allowed them to be beaten. Despite all this, they did not lose their faith. When they were locked up in prison with fetters and chains, probably heavier than other, that of other prisoners, at midnight, at midnight, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, by the movings of the Spirit. They were not weary. At midnight is when people are usually weary. At midnight is when people are usually confused, tired. At midnight is when people are usually discouraged, the midnight of their lives. But that is just about the time the day is going to begin. The next day is going to begin. That is just about the time we are going to move into another chapter. And so they knew this, they stood up, prayed and sang 
and the God their deliverance. I pray that when we are faced with situations, challenging situations, even situations that looks like how could God allow this to happen, we will not lose our faith. Rather, despite the challenges, we will pray and praise and God will come through for us in the name of Jesus. Another thing I want us to consider another point or lesson is be ready to answer people for the reason of your belief be ready to answer people the reason for what you believe this present day in in those days people we are we are we are more you know thorough with this people we are more dramatic with this people we are more rugged with this and they could answer anybody when they ask them, what, are you, what, what kind of Jesus do you believe? And they are ready to explain. And that's where people go for morning cry. People go to preach in buses. But this are present time. Those things are fast dying off. We're in the era where people are careful not to be misquoted. We're in the era where people are careful to please everybody in every statement. Even though they want to preach Jesus, they want to preach it in a way that people will be happy happy with them after they are done but sometimes all this doesn't bring about salvation and no wonder people it's difficult for people to give their lives to christ now because there is no convincing preaching there is no convincing uh, there, there, there is no there is no assurance there's no there's no assuredness in the preaching we are preaching in in a polished style now we are preaching in a careful manner so that we will not be misquoted, so that we will not be judged, so that we will not be uh, persecuted. And that ought not, ought not to be. So we should preach convincingly. We should, you know, be ready to answer people. Look at Paul. Paul was always discussing with them, always answering them when they asked him questions. In the book of, in ch chapter 17 from verse 2, you see that he reasoned with them. He says, and Paul, as his manner was, I like that, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scriptures, out of the scriptures. And when you want to contend, when you want to talk about the truth, when you want to be apologetic about the truth, make sure it is out of the scriptures, not your personal experiences, not what you hear other people say, out of the scriptures, what you know about the scriptures. You don't need to know everything about the scriptures in order to be able to, to defend the faith. Earnestly contend for the faith. Earnestly defend the faith. You don't need to know everything. But the, that you know. Peter didn't know every scripture. But the only, the, the, Jesus Christ says, when you go to, to talk to people, don't be careful about what you need to say. Open your mouth and I will feel it. That same hour. So we should be ready to give to people the, the 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 explanation give to people the the full details of the hope that we carry about and and another lesson we need to learn is we should not be afraid to challenge the status quo whatever is wrong whatever you see that is wrong don't be afraid to challenge it let people know you for that God bless our fathers of faith those people that have you know that fought for the faith earlier on and they now have the big churches we 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 know about now 
those that fought for holiness, when people said you can't be holy, you can't live a holy life, and they fought for it, they defended it, they changed the status quo, they, 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 they spread it abroad that you can live a holy life. Those that thought you can't be a Christian and, pro, and be prosperous, they changed that status quo despite the, the criticism, despite the, 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 the unbelief, despite the people challenging their beliefs, despite people persecuting them even. They stood on what they know. They challenged the status quo. I know a father of the faith that left his former church because uh, they, they didn't even they didn't believe that you can preach the gospel as an ordinary member. They believe you need to be needed to be ordained in order to preach the gospel. And he, and he, he didn't he ch- challenged the status quo, and they had to chase him out of the you know they excommunicated him from the church. And now he's, 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 he's a strong servant of the Lord, the father of the faith. So we should be ready to challenge the status quo and challenge it in humility, challenge it in conviction. And the, another point before we get to the last point we should consider is be teachable. Be teachable. And that account was gotten from Apollos. Apollos. Okay, chapter 18 from verse 26 to 28. Aquila and Priscilla took him in, despite the fact that he had followers. He wasn't a local champion. He wasn't, um, you know, a a, a beginner. He wasn't an upcoming person. Even though he didn't know much, but a lot of, because of his convincing power, he had large following. But despite the fact that he had a large following, he was humble enough to admit that he was limited in his knowledge. And he grabbed that knowledge when it became available. Despite the fact that Aquila and Priscilla, male and a female, some people cannot, uh, you know, be taught by a female. A few females should not teach them. That's, that's wrong. Some people cannot be taught again because they are called pastors. Are called men of God, and so they cannot be taught again. That's wrong. Be teachable. When you are teachable, you will learn more than, and you will be able to impact more lives by being teachable. And finally, how can they believe when they've not heard from you? How can they believe? If you read the chapters 16 to 18, you discover that almost everywhere Paul went to to speak, the Bible recorded that people believed and followed after him. Almost everywhere he went to, people believed. If he had not opened his mouth to talk, imagine if he had not talked to them, if he had been quiet, if he had been shy, if he had been careful of what they would say. A lot of people didn't believe, but some believed. So how will those people in your community, how will those people in your in your vicinity, how will those people in your area believe, in your place of work, believe if they've not heard? I challenge you to speak to someone today. I challenge you to speak to someone from today. Speak to those around you who have not heard the gospel. They may have heard it from other places, but perhaps it is your voice that they need for them to get saved. I challenge you to allow the Holy Spirit to lead.